This is Perry Marshall, author of 8020 Sales and Marketing, and you're listening to Vroom Vroom Veer with Jeff Smith. Well done, sir. Good job. All right, I got to hit stop, and then I'll be right back. Are you ready to thoughtfully steer away from your revved up, frenzied, and far too often scripted life? Then welcome to Vroom Vroom Veer with Jeff Smith, where he guides you down the road differently traveled by sharing unique experiences with guests who have managed to shift away from a life stuck on cruise control and veered their way into a more authentic and fulfilling one in all sorts of interesting and kind of remarkable ways. Get ready to Vroom Vroom Veer with your differently traveled road chauffeur, Jeff Smith. Jim Palmer, welcome back to Vroom Vroom Veer. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> All right, we Go ahead. On each other. That's good. Go for it. It is, it welcome is my back. pleasure. I'm so excited to be here. This is like number four for me, I think. This is number four. That's right. If you go all the way back in time to when I had the Dink Lifestyle Business Podcast, you were on that show twice, mm-hmm. and and we had a good time each time. And we got some great chemistry, Jeff. Yeah. Yeah, we do. We have fun, right? Uh, I think I laugh a lot, so that's good. Uh, there you go. So let's catch up. What's going on with Jim Palmer since we've last spoke? Well, we we have sold our house of almost thirty years, where we raised our kids, and wow. uh, my wife, my wife Stephanie, and I are living on a fifty foot boat full time, and I'm running my different companies from the same boat. That sounds <laughs> so like life, a blast. <laughs> it's taken a dramatic turn, but um, that's a you know I'm on always, the show. There you go. I'm. It's a direct, a verier. Yeah, we vereered. So I'm always talking about, you know, create a dream business and live your dream lifestyle. And I said, that would be, you know, we got talking about what would be a really big, fun adventure. And I thought that also qualifies as a, as a live in the dream, I would think. So yeah. I was really part of the impetus for me writing book seven and was, as I was talking about things going on in my business, it occurred to me things in our personal life, which is now we've become full-time boaters, um, also qualifies. And, and, and sure. it all happens, literally. I, I know this will sound like a commercial because we just said yes. <laughs> because, the, <laughs> because honestly, Jeff, seriously, there are so many reasons not to do this. <laughs> sure. You know, I'm 59 and, you know, so we're starting to approach retirement years and, um, you know, the, but the worst investment in the world you can make is to buy a boat. So sure, uh, and there's all kinds of reasons. I mean, just there's so many reasons. There's all kinds of reasons to not say yes. That's right. But sometimes you just go for it and turn and and you have a great adventure, which is what what we've been doing for uh, a little over ninety days now. Nice, nice. You know me. I just spent probably well the best part of what, this year so far moving from L.A. to Las Vegas. Not as big a veer as your veer, but still pretty dramatic change. And, yeah, what uh, brought you to Vegas? Money. Okay. And spending less. It's a lot less expensive <laughs> to live there than L.A., isn't it? Yes. Oh, my goodness. At least a third, I'm guessing. <laughs> At least. Um, you know, It's hard to, to explain to people. First off, you know, California just has this crazy amount of state income tax that you have to pay. And then they do, um, on all of your capital gains and your investments, they tax those like a lot, 7%, I think. Mm. Uh, and then like where we live, right? I think the the place that we now live in is bigger, newer and half the price. Wow. Right. So what's so special now? The thing is, if California is your dream and you can afford it and it's great, then 
then great, do that, right? It's just not. Not for me, not for my wife. <laughs> and, so I'm like, why and, am I here and spending all this money? Yeah. And all of those taxes and everything they're doing, it's still not enough. They're still going in the hole because, right. like you, people are leaving. Yes. And going to other – and that just exacerbates the problem. But, right. you know, well, we won't get into politics, but there's a lesson, <laughs> there's a lesson there. <laughs> yeah. It's, there, there are a lot of people uh, yeah, doing the exodus out of California. You're right. Businesses, too. So, yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's not – it's kind of – what I like to call California is – and this is – you know, people know. You know, this is not – I'm not the only one holding this opinion. But a lot of places in California are very business hostile. And yes. corporations are like leaving too to, you know, warmer climes, not warmer, but more tax friendly. <laughs> well, Connecticut's another state like that, by the way, yeah. where, you know, you got a, a certain belief system that's currently running the state that thinks that, well, we don't have enough money. So let's just keep tax and raise those taxes, raise the corporate taxes. Next thing you know, I don't know if it was GE, but there was two or three ginormous employers have left. Right. And and all of that income is gone too. And they just like, right. huh? Well, let's push the taxes even higher. Yeah, it's crazy. How did we get on? Is this like the financial tax <laughs> show or something? <laughs> Sorry, my veer was very money motivated. So yes. not, not dream motivated like yours was. So, yeah. uh, okay. So let's. Uh, let's go back in time because that's what we do here on uh, on Vroom Vroom Veer. We we like to look at your Vroom Vrooms and then your Veers. So you just had a big huge Veer selling your house that you've lived in. You said thirty years, and then mm-hmm. buying a boat and living on the boat full time. That's amazing, and that yeah. sounds like a really cool fun move. But let's put that a uh, pin in that. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. Um, let's go back in time and and get this story that uh, from when you were um, your first job at age fifteen. Because that sounds like 15. an interesting story. <laughs> yeah, well, well, it was a it was a life lesson that my uh, my parents taught. I, you know, when 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 I was fifteen, I said well, I'd really like to have a car. I wanted to have a drum set, or I think I had one. Wanted a better one. Well, get wow. a job. Wow, and, uh, nice. Yeah, and so uh, the, the, there was a small bicycle store right down the road from the high school I went to, a very small town. So there wasn't, a, I mean, there wasn't like a lot of options, and I went in the bike shop and applied for work and said, can you work on bikes? I'm fairly mechanical. Well, that was a lie. <laughs> but but he, quick, <laughs> and he quickly found out, but he said, yeah, I like your attitude. I'll teach you. So, nice. I, I mean, that actually started a very long career in, in the bicycle business. And um, that carried me through, you know, from pro- previous discussions we've had through franchising a bicycle business to 80 stores and things like that. But um, part of the reason I shared that story in um, in my book was that so many people, they hold off uh, taking action, moving forward or, or saying yes because they don't feel ready. They don't feel qualified. Mm. They don't feel financially stable. They, they don't know what steps two, three, and four are going to look like even if they know what the first step looks like. And they really hesitate, uh, Jeff, to have – they want more of the picture to be perfect before they act. And that's seldom the case. It's not that right. way in business for sure. I mean – there's no way in the world I would have predicted what I was doing 16 years ago, what I'd be doing today, or even you know uh, seven years, you know after I started it. I mean, you just roll and you figure it out, and you say, well, that's not working so well, so I'm going to do this, and you keep going, and um, and it's like that in life sometimes too. You don't you don't get to you don't get to see um, 
you know, there's no the crystal um, clear picture. You don't get. The, I know. There's yeah, no right. Siri. What's my life going to look like in three <laughs> years? If I make this decision, you know, will it be perfect? Right. Yeah. yeah. Am I going to get this new client, Siri? <laughs> right. Right. If I do this, you know, or yeah, the uh, um, it kind of reminds me of that uh, that fork in the road kind of decision where you just kind of camp out at this fork because <laughs> you can't make yeah. that decision. Where if you just like took a few steps down one road, you know, you'd know whether or not you wanted to take more steps pretty quick, right? That's right. And and I think people get stuck on this idea that you know once I take the first step. That other road is, you know, nuked and you can never go back to the fork again, which turns out to be not so true. Right. You can you can always probably make your way back uh, if it turns out that that decision didn't work out so good. Right. But, you know, what's interesting is um, so we we took our boat um, from Upper Chesapeake Bay in Maryland. We're up in Rhode Island right now spending the summer near my daughter, Jessica, who, you know, and, and her two kids. And sure. Um, so we're learning different roads around here. We we did we do a we still have a car that my son drove up to us and we sent him home on the train. So we still have a vehicle. Nice. <clears throat> but I, I clearly remember um, we were going somewhere and I took the le- I took a left at this fork and Stephanie said, "Well, you should have stayed that way." And sure enough, we go up just not I mean not even three hundred feet and there was a side road on the right and I took that. Sure enough, it came out right. The, I mean, the, the point is, <laughs> like wow. you say, How you convenient. can go back. <laughs> yeah. Or or you just keep moving forward and, and you veer and vroom, vroom and veer and whatever right. terminology you want to use. <laughs> sure. There you go. But I, I do believe that if you if you make a good decision <clears throat> that says I'm going to go left and it doesn't work out, you can course correct. Doesn't mean you got to turn around and go back and start right. over. That's true. You're right. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, and it's easy to say when you're when you're not stuck, but. Yeah, uh, uh, whenever I'm in that scenario, especially with an A-B kind of choice, it's a lot easier and quicker just to pick one, even if you have no clue. <laughs> yeah, Take a couple of steps and see what happens. And like you said, course correct. And then, and then that, whether or not that decision is, is good and, and worth you know, keep moving towards is going to become apparent more rapidly than just sitting at that The thing floor. entrepreneurs <laughs> and, and, and non-entrepreneurs have that people 20 years ago don't have is this uh, enormous wealth of information. <clears throat> so when we started this, um, talking about living on the boat, we both started reading books of people that have done it. I was really fascinated with a book by a guy who does run his own business. I mean, he's a writer and a musician, so slightly different, but he's doing that all from their sailboat. We have a powerboat. And um, so we started learning all this stuff. And of course, you know, Stephanie went to a two-day um class on how to how to read charts and and navigate and wow we, we did all this different stuff now when we left i'll tell you this on i think it was april 30th when we left our our home port and started the four-day journey up to rhode island we were like excited i think we both had goosebumps we were, both had stomachs that were going what the you know what are we doing <laughs> you know? yeah it's scary right yeah ever at my small, I had a 30 foot boat that, you know, we sold and, um, the furthest we've ever gone on that was like two hours away. And our first leg was four hours away. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. mean, there was, there was so much new to it. And, you know, we had a lot of, um, I did a blog post the other day about facing your fears. We faced a lot of fears. I mean, not only did we run aground or, or came pretty close to it, I managed to get us off and 
when we when we crested the top of New Jersey and heading into New York Harbor, we got that's very that's open ocean, and we got in some really kind of nasty waves and wind, and we were bouncing and waving and moving and and veering around, and <laughs> <laughs> you're like, oh, I do that, right? Yeah, good job. I know how to I know how to light your candle. There. <laughs> anyway, um, we were. I, I was actually like. I said to Stephanie, um, I didn't think we were going to sink, but you know, the boat was rolling left and right a lot more than I was comfortable with. And yeah, we were, we drive where the the helm is like 20 feet up in the air, seriously. And I'm like, we're taking waves over the bow and it's coming up and hitting the windshield up there. And I'm thinking, holy moly. I said, if we were on the Pennsylvania turnpike and this was like a storm, I would pull over and wait it out. Right. (laughs) But, um, you don't really have that option in in a a boat. Right. But the cool thing is, Jeff, and this, I'll, I'll never forget this moment. We we made it into New York Harbor, and we're, mm. like, looking at the skyline, the Manhattan skyline. And yeah. I I did not anticipate so much commercial ships and, and humongous barges and the, and the water taxis zipping back and forth to the Statue of Liberty because that was almost – all of a sudden, there, both of us looked to our left, and there's the Statue Lady Liberty just greeting us, which was pretty cool. Yeah. So it was a really cool moment. And then when we did get up to Rhode Island – Literally for days, I think we'd sit down, or maybe when we had dinner, said, "Can you believe what we just did?" Yeah. And and the point, I, the reason I want to tell you that is, w- we could have said no. We could have said, you know what? Let's get another six months or a year of training. Let's hire a captain to go with us the first time. Or right. But we did it, and I think I think people in general, no matter where you are and on your goals and. And your success ladder, if, if you're a business owner, you, there, you can get comfortable and complacent, and even even as you're growing. And I think for the first time, we both really felt like, wow, we really stretched ourselves. We did something pretty darn big. Yeah. Sounds scary. <laughs> it was. I'm not going to lie. I won't lie. It, it was definitely yeah. scary. We had, had scary moments. and. Um, you know, trying to, this is a, it's almost 50 feet, 14 foot wide. Wow. And, um, and we were trying to, did you get that like rush of, uh, exhilaration of thank God we lived (laughs) much. I mean, mostly because I'm just an immature guy, but I got off the boat and I kissed the dock when we got Good for you. No, but it was, it was, and I, I, the one thing I did say, Stephanie, we're not taking the boat out for a month, you know, because that was more boating than, than we've done in a long time, but, um, it was pretty cool. Nice. So now you can, you can like, you can do a lot of boating in that area, right? There's a lot of places to go. Yeah. Yeah, Martha's Vineyard, uh, Cape Cod, uh, there's Block Island. Um, I mean, we want to do all of that. We haven't done it yet because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm still running my businesses. And sure. Stephanie's big help to uh, Jessica and, and, you know, um, their lives are busy. So Steph's helping with the kids. So, but we do, we do want to, um, I don't want to say we want to have some fun because we are having fun. But we want to, I say we want to do some, some trips while we're here as well. Sure, of course. Sounds like you're having a blast. <laughs> Before we depart for warmer climates. Yeah. Yeah. Summer's almost over. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, I was going to say I, I did something similar because this is the first time I've ever driven a uh, U-Haul truck. Nowhere wow. near as adventurous as what you did. But that's scary. And I towed a vehicle behind a U-Haul truck. Oh, my. Yeah. All, all the way from L.A. to Vegas. Sounds like a country song. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, then there would have had to been a divorce in a pickup truck. But yeah, right. Yeah. 
<laughs> so so let's talk a little bit about like your what ifs story because it seems yeah. like uh, those what if type questions yep. when you're trying to uh, you know make a change are are keeping you uh, holding you back and and I agree but I want to hear your stories. Well, it was interesting that uh, I kind of knew that from, from I've been coaching for at least eight years now and certainly have my own what ifs, why I wasn't going to do things. Well, what if this goes bad? What if I embarrass myself? Mm. All these different things. And that's in the in the what ifs, which is, I guess, another word for uh, the little voice, the little negative voice in your head telling you trying to protect you, actually. But right. uh, it's really preventing you from doing things. And I, I when we when Stephanie and I said, yes, we're going to live on the boat and we kind of started looking for the for the perfect boat I think we're excited and but I think we're also you know you wake up the next day what I think happens Jeff whether you want to live in a boat or, or or buy a beach house or start a business or do something big you get really attached to the idea I and I say you actually romanticize the idea man I love this this is gonna be great right yeah, uh, yeah but yeah, then sure then the other side of your brain kicks in and goes yeah but what if and yeah, then but- fill in the blank Right, <laughs> and the yeah buts, and um, so I read this book. It was, uh, it was it was actually the business book I mentioned. It was called What's Up Ditch, and the ditch ref- is a is a name that refers to the intercoastal waterway, which runs you know from you can take it all the way from Maine down to Florida. Wow! And um, so that's how we're gonna go. That's how we're gonna go to Florida. So we won't be out in the ocean on the, on our trip south. We'll actually be on the intercoastal waterway. Anyway, that he, sounds he a was, lot less scary. It, it will be scary. I mean, there are points where you really? – there's, there's a moment where you get into – I think it's Norfolk, Virginia or uh, Chesapeake. There's like a big naval base there. Right, it, right. You, oh, so you're you, hanging you, out with the big Navy ships? Yeah, like you could hmm. be literally coming down this river and you're going to get to this big – I think it's like a big uh, bay. And there's about three or four different rivers feeding it. And over on your right is this naval yard. And, oh, my God, here comes an aircraft carrier. Right. <laughs> so there's there, – <laughs> You know, there's a lot to. We will study hard the night before we go there, but right. Uh, but anyway, I, I was reading this book and um, still like 95% convinced we are going to do this. But what if? Mm. And he said, uh, "This guy's book just. It, I mean, it was it was really perfect timing." And he said, uh, "A lot of people think about." you know, chucking it all and living on a boat. It's a very romantic idea. And this, you know, you're always on the water and the sunsets and sunrises and all the stars. And, and he goes, the reason a lot of people don't do it is they ask themselves, well, what if I don't know how to drive the boat? What if I run aground? What if I, I break down and something happens? And what if, what if, what if? And he goes, and he goes, yeah, but what if every day you, you face a challenge or you, you figure it out, you solve it, you figure out what the noise is and you fix it. And he goes, and by the way, what if you're, Turns out you are a badass boat driver, and you only because you said yes will you go on a big adventure. And when I read that, I mean, I just spoke to me. I figured he wrote the book for me because I needed to read that, and I never doubted that we were going to do it again. Um, in fact, I mean, I, I actually sent the guy a uh, an email, and and I gave him uh, credit for helping us do this and inspiring me to write my book. So <laughs> wow, <laughs> yeah, I wanted to know he he played a part in it. And, that's a, um, that's a for sure, aha type of life veering moment. Yeah, yeah. And, and sure enough, about the second or third time we drove the boat, uh, or in the spring before we left, um, we we drove it to uh, across the river to be detailed, and then we we're driving it back. And I sure enough, I ran aground, <laughs> and I had to have somebody help get me off the the, the low sand. Yeah, and- but you know, here's the thing. It, here's that there's a yeah, but how about I say yes and. 
it wasn't that bad, right? It wasn't should, that bad. It wasn't and that bad, Jeff, right? Okay, tick that one off the list. That's happened. Well, yeah. Not, it'll probably – because then it happened again when we were heading toward Cape May, but I managed to get us off yeah. with my skill as a boat driver. Uh, you know, I went through the same situation um, when I was, you know, trying to work all the different logistics out of having that vehicle attached to the U-Haul truck. <laughs> yep. And I was like, what if I get into a situation where I can't get it out? You know, because it's really hard to reverse when you've got that tow exactly. dolly on there. Yeah. Yep. So I, when we parked for the night at our uh, at our motor lodge in Vegas, right? And, you know, all of our possessions are in the are in the U-Haul truck. And then there's the vehicle and it's on the tow. And I'm looking around. I'm like, how am I, how, I can't get out of this parking lot, right? We're going to have to wait for those rooms to leave. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. So I did what this Tim Ferriss uh, suggests. He's like, okay, just assume everything that you are uh, imagining goes wrong, goes wrong. And then what are the consequences, right? And I'm like, okay, let's see. Um, I'd have to call somebody to help me. Get the vehicle yeah. off, right? That's not so bad, probably. <laughs> that might cost me some money. And then I pull the thing around and then we turn the vehicle around and then we leave. And what do we lose? Maybe a day, a little bit of money, you know, I right? No big Nobody deal, dies. really. Yeah. Right. No big deal, really. When you think through some of those worst case scenarios, they are actually not that bad. Like exactly. running aground, right? Running aground yep. is, I mean, you could come up with worse or worse case scenarios when you're on a boat in open ocean. But, oh, definitely. Uh, yeah, right. But most of them aren't so bad. And I think that's what you learn when you do these these sort of like little like what what if exercises, right? What if yeah. the worst thing possible? It sounds like, yeah. yeah, it sounds like Tim Ferriss read Dale Carnegie's books. Figure out, you know, how to stop. The one book was called How to Stop Worrying and Start Living. Figure out what's the worst thing that can happen. Prepare yeah. to accept that and then make right. sure it doesn't happen. So it, you, when you go there, and by there I mean when you go to what if everything I'm thinking about happens, and okay, well then I'll do this, this, and this. But it's, yeah. that, it's that swirling cauldron of hot lava crap <laughs> that keeps you going. <laughs> I couldn't sleep. Man, I was just like, oh, I'm never going to get it out. <laughs> yeah. What am I going to do? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's crazy what our, what our brains do to us, right? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I like the theme of this book because it kind of reminds me of uh, what I heard one learns during an improv, an improvisation class, because one of the exercises in that is when you're on stage with a with a group of folks. Right. And you're trying to improv a scene. Mm -hmm. There's this rule that they call. Yes. And it means you can never say no to something someone else says like there's a man and he just bought a boat and then he moved uh to a nice place in uh new england and they, you can't say no that didn't happen right right you have to say yes and then they started working their business from there right you the only the the rule is you can only say yes and so I, I kind of, nice. yeah, yeah, right. I don't yeah, know if you ever cool. heard that, right? No, I haven't. It kind of relates to, what is it? Just say yes. <laughs> just say yes. <laughs> just say yes. So how did you come up with the just say yes? Is there a story behind that? Um, it was actually uh, God inspired, to be honest with you. When when I was 
So when we sold our house and we bought the boat in December, and of course, we immediately had it winterized. And um, Stephanie found us a, a one-bedroom cottage that was actually attached to a barn on this small farm, which is pretty cool because, first wow. of all, he let us he let us rent month to month, and he was okay with our big dog, Blue. So there was a uh, – it was early January, and my um, – you know, I do the Dream Business Academy. My next event was in Orlando <clears throat> the first week in February. So I'm walking blue and, you know, that close to my event, I'm in just like constant business mode, right? Right. And um, I don't know. I was just walking blue. It was like 6.30 in the morning, kind of cold. And um, and I just felt this message, bigger, bolder, faster. And I thought, ooh, I like that. I, I'm going to teach that. And and I <laughs> and next thing I heard, I like no, it. you too, Jim. You've been coasting. Bigger, bolder, faster. Okay. And then, I you know, I really feel it, he was – God inspired me to write this book. Because uh, I, you know, I, I generally get like 50 people come to my events, and you know, a lot more than that buy my book. So, a book is a way to obviously get a message out to a to a larger group. So, you know, I t- I toyed with different titles. Um, you know, there's there's another expression: jump and learn how to fly, or jump and spread your wings on the way down. I kind of like that mm-hmm. um, because it's very mandatory that you learn how to fly on the way down, or you're going to crash. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you crash and you still live, and then you figure out how not to do that again. But, right, right. Um, I think everything that we did, from from the idea and 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 buying the boat and selling the house, we sold the house ourselves. Um, wow, you know, my goodness, yeah, put some of the marketing skills to use and saved a whole bunch of money on the commission, and yeah, um, but wow. all of that fell into place because we just said yes. And I think that's and when I think about people who want to start a business or grow a business or launch a new program or do something, just say yes and and let's figure out how to make it happen. And so just saying yes is is really the uh, the key phrase. It, it became the uh, the impetus to everything. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, because you don't. I mean, there is power in no. <laughs> but it's yes. sort of like the. Uh, um, your, the yes is like where you want your offensive strategy to come from, right? No yeah, is a really you know, ha- uh, uh, handy in, on defense. Yeah, no is a big part of it. By the way, the funny story when I was um, so working with the same editor for all seven books and going back and forth, this is like the 15th time she sent it back to me. And I, it's pretty much in its complete form. And I, I read it. Now I, I'm speed reading it, but about two hours later, I finish it and I go, huh, something's missing. And it didn't feel complete to me. And I thought about it. And the next day, it became clear to me that I don't want people thinking you just say yes to everything. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, there's I a movie just, like with Jim Carrey, like Yes Man. Yeah. Yeah, right? No, you, like you, yeah. I mean, and I, and so I wrote a chapter. I actually wrote two more chapters. One of them is called, um, uh, I forget the exact title, but it's, it's, uh, the, it, I'm talking about the seesaw effect. Every time you say yes, you got to say no to something else. Okay. Because what I, what I believe is, you know, with most entrepreneurs that I know, they're busy. I mean, it is busy, busy, busy. And so we, right. none of us have learned how to manufacture any more time in the day. The task saturated so, type situation. So you're actually, most of us, I would think it's, it's fair to say most of us are working to capacity and whether some people could improve their efficiency or stop doing stupid crap, that's fine. But most right. people <laughs> can't, can't find an extra hour or two or three or whatever right. a, a day or a week. 
And so when you say yes to something like an opportunity or starting a, let's just say starting a podcast, it's going to take some time to do that. Where's that time going to come from? That generally means you're going to have to say no to something else. Maybe I'm going to scale back something else that I'm doing. Maybe I'm going to, I mean, God forbid, I got to say no to my family and I won't be home for, you know, an hour and a half after normal time, a couple nights a week, because I'm going to record my shows. The point is saying, first of all, you're going to say yes to things that are going to move the ball forward and help you, you know, build the dream business. That's really my message. But when you do that, there's a really good chance you're going to have to say no to something else. Right. No, I get it. And, you know, saying no to things is like a, I don't know. What, what do you think is harder? Saying no to yourself in something that you really say like, like say I want to <clears throat> do a podcast and it takes like, I don't know, five hours a week, right? And, uh, and that would mean I don't get to watch five hours of Netflix. Right. That's not so bad. <laughs> right? But- I would highly recommend that. <laughs> That's not so bad. It's that's a pretty easy choice for something that you like to do. But if right. it's something like I think uh, people have a harder time saying no to other people than saying no to themselves, right? So, if they've got yes. commitments or, you know, maybe like a church or community thing that they're, you know, spending 30 hours a week doing, it's really hard to say no to those things. Well, I'll tell you what, um, I actually write about that and I call it extreme motivation. So most people, um, most people will do things for someone else more than they'll actually do it for themselves. Let's say it's the end of, it's the end of a busy week. It's Friday. You're dog tired. You can't wait to go home. Maybe you're going to veg on Netflix or do whatever you're going to do. Yeah. And you know, somebody says, uh, Hey, I'm going out for drinks, whatever. No, no, I'm going home. Next call. Hey, I'm really, really stuck. Someone's going to help me if I don't, you know, get this car to the shop or if I don't get this refrigerator out of here. Whatever it is, someone says, can you help me, please? Well, you're probably going to say yes, right? Because that's the kind of person you are. Right. And my point is you will do things for other people more than you'll do them for yourself. So you can use extreme motivation to your advantage. Um, and one of the ways I teach that is, you know, if, if you don't want to do something in your business as the owner of your business, as the CEO, president and, and chief, whatever you want to be, no one's going to tell you you have to do it. That's probably a lot of people start a business for that kind of freedom. But um, it also comes at a price because if no one's going to t- like with me. You know, early on, you know, I started getting opportunities to speak about newsletter marketing, and I didn't want to do it because I didn't want to be a speaker, and I was petrified of public speaking. And I remember that so, story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Good I would story. say, no, I'm now I'm traveling. Blah blah blah. Thanks. Basically, lying through my teeth because I didn't want to go speak in front of a group of people. <laughs> right. And um and and so there's no consequences until a year or so later when you know my girls getting ready to graduate and go to college and. I don't think we we're in a financial position to really help them much, and we really wanted to, and and I kind of knew there'd be weddings and things like that, and I, and so my dis, my choice or my decision not to do not to be a speaker may have impacted the growth of my business, and I, as the owner, Jeff, may have been okay with that, but once I had to put an, I attached 
the 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 non-result or the inaction to something else other than myself like it's going to affect my ability or it'll be my inability to really help my daughters that was now i was willing to take care of that problem so it's interesting that that was i mean there's a lot of things but that was one of the things that got me to to kick that fear to the curb right i I really 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 wanted to help my girls no that makes sense yeah that's one of those things it's like what is it going to take right uh, for me to get over X. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And especially when you're, you're right, when you get to that sort of like, I'm the boss of me kind of place in your life. Yeah. It, it's like now all the challenges run through a different filter. <laughs> yeah. 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 For sure. Interesting. Good, good story. So let's talk um, about the two F words. Cause this, I, I'm, I'm like curious. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're not entirely curious. Fun and know, fast. The kind of person Maybe. I am, you know which word I'm not talking right, about. Right, right. I know which one, at least one of them that you're not talking yeah. about. Yeah. I'm talking about fear and forgiveness. And oh, good. Good, so, good F words. Yeah. So fear, well, you know, we've talked about the what ifs and what holds people back is is fear, embarrassment, like I'm going to lose money, it won't work. So let's just table fear. I want to talk about forgiveness because what in the world is forgiveness doing in a business book? Oh, it's huge. Here's, Here's what it's doing. Um, I learned uh, literally from coaching a couple people a couple years ago, um, they had an inability to move forward even when they knew it was the right thing to do. And <clears throat> I, I was digging. I'm like, what's going on? Why the inaction? And you know, when I started digging and, and kind of pressing, uh, one of them told me, and they both had similar stories, but one of them said, Jim, in the last two years, I've invested – $40,000 with coaches and, and programs and dip website people. And, and my business is no further along than it was two years ago. And I know I should be doing this program, but I, I just can't, you know, I, I can't forgive myself or I feel bad or whatever the phraseology was. And I said, man, you've got to forgive yourself because you're not going to be able to move forward unless you do. So everybody makes mistakes. Some are bigger than others, but that's just part of being an entrepreneur. Right, and I said, if, right. if you're totally convinced this is going to be a great thing, then I said, you actually have to forgive yourself. You know, I, I learned about forgiveness, certainly in, in my faith. But it, the one thing I'll never forget is forgiveness is it, if in terms of somebody else wronging you or whatever, forgiveness is more about you than it is them. Always. It's your yes. it, it's like shedding weight and, and just breathing. And so <laughs> right. I. You know, I, I said you got to forgive yourself and move on and not think about that again, and and it happened and and it turned out really really well. So that's why I was I wanted to put that in that book. It's almost like uh, have you you are you familiar with the uh, the Dilbert cartoon? You've yeah. heard of Dilbert, right? So yeah. Scott Adams is the guy that does Dilbert, and he wrote a self help book, which is also funny, but. Uh, that was one of the things one of the things that uh, he said in his book was um, what if like the best you can be is selfish right <laughs> so this is going to be a while to get here right so like underneath selfish which was on the top and what he said was the best we can do as you know humans um and then uh, underneath that was like um stupid and then underneath that was a burden to uh, to others <laughs> Right. So if these are our three choices and selfish is the best we can do, that means we really have to. His point is, is we really have to learn about how to take care of ourselves first 
So then we can, you know, be providers and contribute to others. And then, and then he, you know, pointed out that whole thing about when you're on an airplane and the, and the gas mask fall down, you have to put your mask on first and then put your kids on. Right. Yeah. So what I think when I'm, when, when you tell that story about like forgiveness and people like usually, I don't know, what do you think, um, do people have a harder time forgiving themselves for things? Yes. Oh, they do. Okay. So I you think, think uh, well, we'll I, that's just my own unscientific. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what I'm looking for is your unscientific, you know, like subjective opinion as a coach, right? Yeah. It seems like, you know, like there are folks out there that have a really hard time forgiving other people, right? Um, but, you know, when I, when I, the lesson I learned about forgiveness was, you're not forgiving them for them, right? You're, right. It, 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 because they deserve it or because, you know, whatever. For whatever reason, you're not, the forgiveness that you're giving them isn't for them. It's for you. So you can yes. move on. Right. It's a, You're giving yourself a gift. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you're letting go <laughs> yeah. of that, you know, whatever, that negative energy, that anger, you know. And now maybe you're going to not choose to hang out with that person anymore. You've probably already done that. Right? <laughs> if this person betrayed you, wronged you, whatever, and they're no longer in your life, but you're still holding this baggage, you know, why? You know, right. It's not affecting them. It's right. <laughs> yeah, right. That's true. Yeah. Good lesson. Uh, great story. I love that. Thanks. Yeah. Good stuff. So moving on. So. Let's talk a little bit about Bigger, Bolder, Faster. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I like Bigger, Bolder, Faster. I'm also in the, uh, let's see here, smaller, slower, calmer. <laughs> <laughs> I can see value in both of those. <laughs> but let's I've, talk I've about Bigger, Bolder, Faster. As, I've never been a steady-as-she-goes person. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. When you When you think about some of the highly successful people um, – First of all, they're very big thinkers. They're not thinking in terms of, um, and I'll, I'll give a small example, but they're not thinking, boy, I'd like to have three new clients this this month. That would be amazing. They're mm. thinking, how do I get 3,000 new people to buy my product, product or program? Because when you're thinking of 3,000 or, or 300 instead of three or 30, it requires a whole different level of thinking. Right. It also requ requires a whole different level of courage because if you do come up with the answer, or at least something that's going to likely get to that bigger goal, um, you know, you need to, you need to be bold and, and that's the bigger part of it. That's, or the next part of it is being bolder. Um, what got you to where you're thinking that got you to where you are now, whether you're happy with that or not, um, that's not the same thinking that's going to get you to, to 10 X or, or two X or five X your business. So you do need to make bold decisions and it usually, in, it usually re means an investment, whether it's time or money or both, um, Slow and steady, growing with cash flow alone, that may make some people feel better, but um, that's not the way to grow a, a highly successful, highly profitable business. And faster is definitely the key. Um, you know, so, I mean, just a very simple example would be, yeah, I definitely know the benefit of, of having a book and being an author. I'm going to write a book. I'm probably going to do it in 2018. I'm like, how about doing it before Labor Day? 
I mean, let's go. Right. No. So bigger, I, I, bolder, faster is that, that's how people operate. Yeah. Now I learned the, the 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 faster um, the faster is is usually always the best choice, and I learned that in the military when, you know, in the military, like it seems like how much ever time you are allotted is the time that you will waste slash use. <laughs> That's right. Um, so if somebody comes in and says you have an hour to do X, well, guess what? You're going to get something done in that hour. I totally agree with that. <laughs> Whether or not it's not, you know, it's almost like there's this like little balance, right? You know, obviously you can't write a book in an hour. You could, it wouldn't be very good or long. <laughs> yeah. People, Oh, I can write a book in a weekend. Well, I'm sorry. It's probably going to be, be a piece of crap. I know it sounds judgmental, but right. I mean, you, you can write a first really. draft in a weekend. Yeah, maybe. Or an outline or something, but right. well, let's not, let's not go there. But you know, <laughs> I, I learned that many, many years ago back in when I was uh, managing a, a bike store you know, um, when a bike would come in for repair, we'd write up a ticket, and then each morning the the, the mechanics would come in and look at the uh, number of bikes that had to be repaired. During the say June, July, August, our our busiest months, as you can imagine, there could be twelve, fifteen, or thirty uh, tickets on the Wednesday hook, and then you know, <clears throat> and somehow it was a crazy day. Somehow they all got done. And if it rained a few days and they came in the next day and there was only, uh, let's say, seven repairs, guess how many repairs got done that day with the same staff? Seven. Wow. So somehow right, right. You, you managed to fill up the allotted time to do something depending on how much work there is to do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. T for sure. When I was a boss in the military, my last assignment, I had like 15 troops under me. And, uh -huh. and my boss um, had this sort of like unwritten rule of when it, whenever possible, we would try to leave early on Friday afternoon. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you can't always get away with that, right? But it's a good goal, <laughs> especially in the summer when people are wanting to hang out with their families and, you know, take off for the weekend and stuff. Um, but I never saw my troops move faster than like when we'd come back from lunch and I'd say you know, like pull out the, the whiteboard and say, these are the things that we all need to finish before we leave. <laughs> everybody, oh, I know. Everybody just starts slamming these things out, right? It's, it's the old, <laughs> how much work can I do the Friday before, you know, a week's vacation? Yeah, My right. God, you get everything done. <laughs> Immediately. <laughs> <laughs> I never, you know, like all the, you know, nobody's sitting around, everybody's moving asses and elbows. It's like, what? <laughs> Funny. It's that's the, very, it's the that's perfect good. motivation, right? For, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, Jim, this has been a blast. So what else? Where can people uh, touch base with you? Are you still at getjimpalmer.com? Getjimpalmer.com is the home base. If people want to check out my latest book, Just Say Yes, Create a Dream Business to Live Your Dream Lifestyle, I'll send them a free copy. Wow. Um, cool. Yep. For the book is free. We just um, asked for six ninety five to cover my team's time to pack it and take it to the post office. Of course. Uh, that is justsayyesbook.com, justsayyesbook.com. I'll put a link in the show notes. Appreciate that. And yeah. if anybody's curious about uh, 
our lifestyle, what we're doing now. Um, Stephanie and I started a blog. It's not a business blog. It's about our, our big adventure. It's, we named our boat Floating Home. And I so we our, our blog is ourfloatinghome.com, ourfloatinghome.com. You can see a tour of the boat. We did a video, Facebook Live. I posted that. We we posted some of the videos on our cruise up here, including you know the the high waves hitting the windshield, <laughs> and um, <laughs> and all kinds of stuff. But it's, a lot of people are curious, and you know, yeah. we started friends, neighbors, everybody's like, well, how are we going to keep in touch? So that's why we started the blog. I love it. Pictures, videos, the dog. Yeah, is the dog on the boat when the you're... dog is on the boat. Yep, Blue is here. Freaking out? Did he? Did he no, take he's the, good. the adventure? He's happy to be with us, and um, wow, we haven't trained him to go on the boat, uh, so <laughs> oh, okay. so therefore we haven't uh, stayed out overnight on the anchor, always at, in the marina. Gotcha. Um, we're we're trying to do that, but um, yeah, he loves it. You know, we it's a our boat is like two bedroom, two bath. So the rear bedroom called the aft uh, stateroom, we cl- we put him in there, close the door, and. So when we're underway, you know, he's not trying to get up and down the stairs and right, or, right, right, so right, right. That, that's out. his place when we're moving out. Okay, wow. <laughs> now I, I, we have to like put a pin in this because I want to know, like, I want to touch base again, like in a year or so, and see all the different places that you've gone. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe I'll know, check we, out the blog. Yeah, we've agreed to an eighteen-month plan. Um, so like in. It. In uh, October, we're going to head back to the Chesapeake Bay. We'll spend a month there um, seeing our other kids and Steph's parents and doing dentist, doctors, all that stuff every yeah. six months. Okay. And then uh, first of November or so, we're going to start going down the intercoastal waterway to Florida or somewhere down there. We, we might like South Carolina, Georgia, Florida, who knows where. We, we've got somewhere no plan. That's, right. We've got no plan, no That's reservation. Awesome. That's the cool – yeah. And then um, – we talked about uh, spending the summer of 2018 either on the Chesapeake or we actually like New England so much we might come back up here. It is. It's nice, especially in the summertime. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Yeah, and the and the fall, right? Oh, my goodness. Yep. The colors. <laughs> but anyway, we'll be posting to the blog. And yeah. when we're driving along, we go about 25 miles an hour. And Stephanie has done a lot of Facebook lies. And we, when we when we left um, – Long Island Sound on our last day to the Rhode Island, we, we were out of there by six o'clock and we saw the sun coming right up, obviously facing east. It was staring us in the face and we just jumped on live and gave people – that people were really, I don't yeah. want to say mesmerized, but they were curious as what was going on in the journey. It was kind of fun. So you can see you some are, of that at the blog. You are officially living the dream now. Living the dream. <laughs> officially living the dream. Yeah. Yeah. Good for you, Jim. This has been a blast. Well, I'd love to come back and make it number five sometime. (laughs) For sure. For sure. Thank you, sir. Have a good one. You too. Take care. Thanks for taking the time to ride along with us on another episode of Vroom Vroom Veer. For podcast info and show notes, be sure to head over to vvveer.com. That's triple V-double-E-R.com. Man, that's fun to say. And we'll catch up with you next time here on Vroom Vroom Veer. Vroom Vroom Veer.